of Ash and Flow. This is Unbillable Hours, a podcast about professional services marketing. Stick around and listen to our insights, tips, and best practices to improve your firm's marketing and even your career. Well, Flo, it's another episode of Unbillable Hours, right? It is indeed. Hey, Ash. Hello, listeners. Welcome to this one and this Friday, which a uh, little peek behind the curtain for you is our second attempt of recording it because we had construction going on <laughs> over here at my home office, which actually sounded as if someone was remodeling the entire city. So we had to pause and Yes, and I think my internet was acting up for a little bit of it. So there was a little bit of a delay in our recording as well. So it was, it was an interesting experience. But as many of you, or at least some of you who record podcasts know, this, these kinds of things are normal. And yeah, yeah. but let's get into the gotta, uh, gotta episode itself, right? Yeah, let's get yes. into the episode. Remind Cause... me what we already talked about today. Just kidding. We wanted to talk about client yeah. cases and the, the, the role they play in marketing. And then also a few sort of inroads into how to how to get more of them and how to yeah them, i mean right? let's just take a step back and just think that you uh, throughout the entire thing we're talking about practice building we're talking about work but you know what you also need to be able to talk about the work that you've done yeah so that others get to understand that hey you're capable of doing this stuff but it's not just about talking about the work done. There are some nuances and there are certain things. And how do we go about the whole thing? Like yeah. so we, we are touching on some of the nuances, best practices, and importantly, ownership and storytelling. But yeah. yes. And and I think if, if I may, just, just remind ourselves, right? Not as if we haven't talked about this <laughs> yeah. this afternoon yeah. already. But remind also our listeners, of what, why do we do this? I mean, because I think for me personally, the episode we did last Friday with Michelle Swan of, of Tercera, where she talked about how firms client cases are an, are an interesting data point for her firm as it makes, well, Tercera makes an investment decision, right? Whether to invest in yep. a professional exactly. service firm or not. So that, that brought back the importance of client cases. And in that show also, we sort of joked about how it can be tough to get those. And I think it's in line with what friend of the show, Luke, Luke Smyers, talked to us earlier about where he said, look, these, these things are so important because they're a central proof point for your expertise and your entire positioning. And I think somewhere, I don't know if in conversation with us or somewhere else in his content, he even Luke, Luke goes about makes the recommendation saying, if you're a consulting firm, you should have 70% referenceable clients. So it's, it's for him, not just about the references as such, but also having the right clients. But then on the flip side, of course, also have those stories and tell them so you can attract more of the right folks, I think is, is what he drives us. So that's what reminded us of it, right? And then both you and I it, yeah. sort of were reminiscing about how it's easier said and done, right? With those clients. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've had plenty of uh, guests come in, talk about stuff, talk about thought leadership, talk about stories. And, you know, I think when we were like, prepping for this episode we came across certain things that you know you need to think about as you build out your stories right like it's it's about mindset and remind me flo what were you specifically talking about mindset here so i think so, so when we talk about okay 
understood client cases are important, but how do I get more of them? I think where, where it starts is with the mindset. And what I meant by that was, and you, you and I discussed about this, yeah. is that what you, the place where you don't want to be as a consultancy marketer is having client cases as an afterthought, right? Oh, project has been won, went quite well, everybody's happy. Oh, maybe it would make for a great client case. Well, cool, but it would be better if you could get that idea into everyone's head way earlier in the process, right? So being early with the client case idea with the ask to the client, that's one part. The other part is, I think just what, I, or more specifically what oh, I mean okay. by mindset is, you have to think about this as a very much as a sourcing process, just like you source leads or you source CVs for hiring, right? You need to source client case opportunities, which you then convert later on. So mindset, don't have this as an afterthought, don't think of it as an end, but think about it as a just another job where you as the marketer have to build pipeline and then act I, accordingly. Yeah, I, I would actually like to expand and say not just marketers, because it's something that you need when you are building your practice, because when you I do know. a lot of work, you sort of need to know the kind of work that you've done in the past. It's good, it's good discipline just for you to be aware of everything that's been done so that when you're speaking to a new client, you can basically say, here's the thing. This is the reason why often, more than marketing, it's the practice that looks for client stories. And in this particular Oh, case, but you and I know we have, you have to chase them, right? I mean, you're, you're yes, right. You do have to yeah. chase them when, it, when it's basically like, but that's looking at like how the internal organization kind of yeah, works yeah. rather than- No, fair point, yeah. Yeah, rather than how it is for the business. Like when you're looking at the business, you're not to tell clients that you've done this kind of work, more than rankings, more than everything, you need to talk about prior experience in delivering complex solutions, especially if you're a new practice. This is the reason like that, why yeah. you build, build these kinds of stories. Yeah, we'll get to that in, in a second when we, when we yeah. get into the process. But I think for mindset, and I really like your point about the wider organization, everybody in the firm needs to understand that you the firm, to, to grow, you need a couple of pipelines, right? You need to yeah. source new work. You need to source new colleagues or new experts and just make it, clear that sourcing great cases is now a third priority of maybe even equal value. I don't know, but, but that you, that's the change that has to happen. So mm -hmm. see it as this exercise. And then you, you mentioned the next point being strategy. Yeah. What we mean by sourcing stuff, just as with your business leads for new work or as with your applicants, right, for new hires, you don't want to take everything and everybody. You want to be very clear that whatever you pick for further development fits your business strategy. I think that's the entire point, right? Spend some time to clearly define what types of cases do we want to have, right? Because you should have a messaging and a story structure for the overall firm in place. Okay, what type of cases do we need to substantiate to prove that out? Of course, there will always be the odd piece of work, which is not the perfect representation of what, what you're trying to do as a firm. Probably yes. it's even a majority, the majority of that type of stuff. Fair enough, but make sure you have enough of the other types of stories to to fill out the the, the slots in your strategy. So, you know, be, be picky, I guess is the point here. Not just be picky, but also make sure that your story talks about the specific. Be picky, connect to the as many key offerings as possible and make sure that it talks about one holistic story. Yeah. Yeah.
And then after that, once we once we've sort of picked the stuff, up comes the question of ownership. And I think you alluded to this earlier, right? When you said yeah, it's, it's yeah, typically like the, the, the account team. Yeah, yeah, the ownership clearly needs to be the person who has a relationship with the client and which is essentially the account team because they are the ones who are looking at all the different solutions coming in from your firm in some cases there are multiple you know there are complex projects involving multiple firms and partners they're the ones who are aware of the whole thing they're the ones who know the entire end-to-end -end story they're the ones working closely with the client and in fact because they own the relationship with the client they're the ones who are able to bring in the client and make it a collaborative effort. So it, the reason why you make sure that the, what do you say, the account management team and whoever's marketing and sales align to that, take care of the story is because you can build out a story that's valuable for your firm, for any partner firms related, as well as for the client itself. And what better way than if you build out a story that's so powerful that the client advertises it internally and externally as well as a partner because you've now taken it in the right strategic way and and yeah. it, it does happen but it's not usually done in firms in a thoughtful way and that's the thing that needs to be thought about up front rather than hey we've got the budget to write a story within the function and just build out like a functional story for it yeah True points. I mean, question there, despite the ownership, that doesn't mean that marketing does not get to speak to the client, right? No, but exactly. that's still something yeah, we want to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Marketing should be involved in those kinds of conversations because like I mentioned, the marketing closely aligned to, you know, to the accounts team should be the ones involved because then they can make sure that these clients can speak to the story at other engagements, events, and things like that. Because when you make sure that that part of your organization is involved heavily in this in this process, then you can make sure that the relationship is strong and the story is stronger because of the strength of the relationship. Yeah. Which which maybe takes us to the to the next point, which is all about process, right? So how do we make this happen? How do we get the 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 account team own the fact that we want to do a client case and then bring us in to help facilitate it? I think the, the points you put here or what we would what we put down here is do build a process for that in the first place. I, I firmly believe that that's marketing's job to put something together. Like how do we do this here? Right. Yeah, we, a, we talked about thinking of it as a sourcing process in the pipeline. Well, build a pipeline, right? Put fill up a, a spreadsheet, collect the opportunities you might have right now and sort of track them across. I think that's, that's where I would start. And then, yeah, yeah. Like you basically mentioned that and you talk about integrating it upstream and I kind of like, think that the two points are very interconnected and the fact that you start with you won the deal you won the job yeah that's a point where you make sure that you are able to tell the story what nuances you can talk about the story and when you can talk about the story yeah. and as you're building this pipeline and integrating it there you should also touch in on the various solutions like functions solutions whatever groups of your own company are involved in it as well as partners yeah. and then as the job is being delivered there may be things that come up but make sure that all of these things fit in this one story because that's how you yeah. make sure it's all well integrated and of course 
Yeah, being, being early, I think you're, you're exactly yeah. right in trying to connect to everybody. That's what we mean by by integrating it way upstream, right? Make sure whatever process you're building connects ideally, yeah, like you said, to the sales stage or when the deal is closed or whatever. I've seen firms do do it as part of the win analysis, right? Deal is one, work commences, someone from marketing then gets permission to call the client and say, hey, you guys hired us, can I ask about why? Right? So you sort of integrate, for example, the win or lo- win loss and well the win analysis part of win loss analysis with setting up feeling out you know whether or not they might be willing to to do a case study even better if you can get in earlier at the negotiation stage and discuss the the, the terms or negotiate making doing a client case is part of the terms but yeah that's maybe too idealistic right for yeah, well, when, you, when you're speaking on the negotiating thing, that's where your legal stuff needs to come up, which is actually the second point here as well. You need to make sure that you have the rights to talk about the story, what you can talk about the story, and what you shouldn't. This is the yeah. kind of stuff that needs to be like managed up front so that everyone knows what's been agreed upon, yeah. and it's easier to build this you know, build the stuff up because when things are laid out up front, there is trust, and it's easier for all parties involved to continue yeah. with it of course i like that what, yeah what happens later happens later that's not the issue the thing is keeping it up front make sure that the story being told is something that all parties involved are happy about because you don't want to be at the end of the thing where you suddenly like no we don't want to talk about that yeah. because and and you realize that different groups have different kinds of you know opinions and all of yeah. these things yeah. can be like you know, talked about upfront, agreed, and legally signed on, just so that it makes it easier for every party to like understand which parts of the story can be told, which can't be told. And as they are working on it, they can immediately say, like, all right, so this is the thing that we don't want to talk about, or this thing we definitely want to talk about. These things will run in the back of the mind. It's easy, it's just a matter of like building the right process, really. Yeah. And I really like your framing of involving legal early, not not because what you said there was to, to build trust, right? And to build yeah. some sort of that's security yeah. in the process. I really like that because again, that's sort of a there's a bit of a mindset shift, shift from oh my god, at the very end someone has to get legal approval, right? And then all it is is a burden. No, think of it as as a way to creating clarity, creating reliability, and create building trust into the process for both sides, right? Mm-hmm. From the yeah. really like that. That's a, that's a cool. Point. Before we maybe give two examples of what such a process might look like, one last point we noted here is do make sure that whatever you're building has some sort of lifecycle management component baked yes. into it, by which I think we mean make sure you have a part of the process that looks after retiring cases once they're old, outdated or whatever, right? That's yeah, I mean, we don't need to talk about scenarios where essentially because people don't retire and they don't look at new stories, you end up going to like millions of events or millions of things with just these two same thing, you know, same stories to the point that everyone knows that you've done this work and no one really cares anymore. Your, you know, Salesforce integration project from 2016, probably not that relevant anymore today, even though it's been great work, but yeah, you get the point. Anyways, I mean, this, this was a bit of a theoretical view on the process, but good points. I think we, we noted two examples, which we could give for what we mean by process, like I think the first one, if, if if I can take that, is probably fully, yeah, go ahead. Fleshed out process. This is I'm talking about this point in time where, at a firm where we could not really 
make casework part of the negotiation stage because just so many clients would not accept that it was just based on experience like you know the yeah. business told us and it's not feasible we can't do it the team devised a process where we built some sort of a funnel logic that would allow the marketing team to get early insight into which deals were happening and also improve their chances of these deals being actually turned into cases studies here's how it worked the team went ahead and built a sort of internal memo process where if you were working in the practice and won a deal, you could turn around and flag that to the marketing team. The marketing team would then include you into an internal news mailer that went to firm leadership, sort of summarizing deals and portraying the people behind them, right? Here's who the client was, here's who pitched it and how we did and why we won it. So yeah. celebrating the team that brought in the deal. That, of course, was a bit of an incentive for the people involved, right? And it created a, that was like a lead generator in marketing speak because teams would come to the marketing team and flag new cases. And then obviously that gave them the opportunity to continue to work those quote unquote leads and see if they could be turned into case studies. That's just one example for a process like that. Yeah, while this is not exactly a process, I'd also like to highlight that when we had Mark Cowan coming from Happen, he talked about how they used to get these stories within their yeah. um, monthly or weekly newsletter. And it got to the point where clients started like sharing these stories within their own int intranet and things. Yeah. So this is the kind of thing that happens when you collaborate, when you have these kinds of conversations and more importantly, when you share, because the whole thing is not like, the whole thing is to talk about like the end-to-end -end stories result and get people into a like, quick and easy to understand narrative. Which that I think is also an important point. And this, this brings us into the execution of delivery a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, what you just described there and what, what Mark and the team did, you can you can do this and this is an important reminder. You, you can do this without naming the names of the clients or giving the project specifics just by just talking about the nature of the work and the, you know, the, the type of challenge and how you solve it. So it's almost like you can make this a, let's, let's call it a fictional case, right? But it is, it's not made up or fake. It's sort of an amalgam of a, maybe anonymized cases where you say, okay, in a case of this and that, here's how we typically do this. And, and you still have content. Just one more thing on the, on the Mark Cohen episode that I, I will put in the show notes because people should go back because again, not an entire process, but they also have this little hack or technique where he would actually tell the client that the team who worked on their project would get a bonus out of Mark's and his partner's pockets. The client doesn't pay it, the firm pays it, mm -hmm. if the client did a case study. And then all this was sort of a bit of a psychological trick and a nice one, I think, that that he told us or he tells us in this episode, you've got to go back and listen to it, help with, with conversions quite a bit. But sorry, you wanted to to add something. No, no, no I think I think that's totally fine. Can't, you know, we'll get to that point later. Yeah. Cool. So I mean the once you build a process of that sort, and I mean, it sounds dumb to say this, but literally you just have any process that does the job and you can you can work that continuously. I think that's with consistency, right? That's the, the point. Once you have that, there is the point of, and you alluded to this in the opening, Ash, the point of then the execution, like how do you actually tell the case story once you have it? And just uh, get into a few of those points, right? These kinds of stories are where the account team, the sales team, and the marketing teams need to work really closely together to build out the right story. And the reason yeah. why I want to like caveat that is because you want to build a holistic story from end to end that engages, entices, and informs the audience. So yeah. think like the, your audience may be point. whatever, like 
people who are trying to buy your services. They're not looking for a story that sells a particular offering. They're looking for what you did at the client overall. And when they reach that particular part of the story where they want to know a little more about what you've done, they'll double click and they'll find that out. You need to talk about the end-to-end story. Always tell this in full context. Yeah, the full holistic story from end-to-end is what you need to talk about. Because in your massive transformation, there will be multiple partners involved often. There will be multiple levels of transformation things going on. And don't treat them as separate individual stories just because someone has funded to you know just one part of the story or someone's ego is big enough just to talk about one thing no you need to focus on the entire thing because yeah always put it in context of always could put it in context of a big story so how how probably friends i mean it might be fine to package off a component of it but but people should always be able to understand but see the big picture which i think that is that is the the major point here i I can summarize the next points on our list it's it's very important that as you build the story you make sure it's it's client friendly or reader friendly right? Yes. The yep. meaning that the, the case story, as you tell it, has to convey some insight, some some interesting facts and, and some value for me as the reader, even if I don't care about the client or I don't care about your particular solutions, right? Because so many firms, what they put out are essentially bragging stories, but I say, oh, look here, a major Fortune 500 brand did this and we contributed services A and B and C and D, and here's some percentage numbers to see what we improved yeah and that I, stuff's I, I, cool but as a reader what did i what did i just learn other than that you, you were awesome and the client was large right so put like you said tell the full story so i can learn from the client's hero's journey what was it they were trying to do again big picture to your point what were the challenges they were facing again big picture and then how did you as the firm help with maybe all of it probably some of it but you know be be clear there but tell the bit tell the full story because that's how it, it becomes interesting so what I want to add on to this is that these stories are what fortifies your, you know, professional services brand, yes. because these are the stories that kind of strengthen and fortify your brand. So you, you have to make sure that you like, I, I think Flo, you and I basically talk about like, it, everything shouldn't be like me, 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 me in terms of marketing. <laughs> Absolutely. Things shouldn't be me, 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 but these stories, that's where it's more about, you know, what you delivered, what you are worth as a company and what you are doing. It doesn't matter about like the brand strength of the client. It matters about what is the strength of what you have delivered from end to end and what you have offered and what you have done. This is where your brand needs to like come up on top. And the client brand, yes, it's important. It, you can talk about it, but it should not supersede the existing brand because this is essentially a key brand building activity when you think about yeah. it. If, if it's still an interesting story, once you remove the client name mm-hmm. and all the trademarked offering descriptions of your firm, right? Is it still a story where I understand, oh, there was a company which had this challenge. They did some things this way and then some consultancy helped them see that differently and do it differently. I think that's that's when you're on, on the money. But to your point with the with the brand strategy, and you're exactly right. You you have to find a balance because of course we want. I mean, let's remember how we use these case studies. We use them as proof points and to substantiate our story. So, with all everything we just said about being client and reader friendly and giving value, of course you have to have. You have to also look back into your messaging strategy and be very very clear. What are the key points? Like you said, Ash, about ourselves, we're trying to 
get across in this. And then, yeah, you have to you have to package it. Don't don't miss that. We have one last point, which I think is probably a detail, but get get as creative as you can with the execution. Sorry, with the actual building out of assets, right? The good old website with problem solution results structure. You could do that. It's it's clear. Clients expect it. It's a well-learned mechanism, but it's also maybe a bit undifferentiated. So if you can do other things, if you can do other formats, that's good. If you can get, I think that's the main point here, sorry, the, the client to come in and make your points for you through quotes, through an interview, maybe by being on video and talking about the project, that'll make it so, so much stronger. And I, actually, I don't know if that's probably a throwback to the to your points around legal stuff and, and getting in early. If you prepare that, the client. Yeah. yeah, if you prepare that way in advance and you do relationship building over a long period of time, that becomes just so much more likely to happen as if you bust in someone's door after the project has been completed and ask for, would you do a three minute recap video with, with my marketing team in yeah. parentheses, which, which you've never met and you don't know us, right? That's not where we want to be, but that's, we said that at the beginning yeah. for some reason. The last point here dropped from my notice, but we had a point on distribution. Do you do you remember what we were trying to say with that? I think our point on distribution was fairly, you know, the fact that make sure that these stories don't just sit on a site. They are leveraged by the teams to make further sales. They used as proof points in, um, you know, events and things. And think about it creatively. Like we, you were basically talking about media-rich platforms that sometimes you could use video, sometimes you can use other ch channels and like media yeah. to talk about the story. That you, this is where you can flex your creative muscle. I believe this is what you were talking about last when we did yeah. the last recording. Um, well, I mean, the main main point, as always, right? Just with as with other marketing materials, if you have the cases and they're great, that doesn't help. You have to get them into the hands of people. You have to get them in front of the eyes of prospects. So, so do the homework there. And I think as is often the case with these things, successful internal activation is, depending how large your firm is, but it's easily half of the battle, right? It's nothing is worse than having a great set of client cases. And then the, the folks in the business don't, don't know they exist. So I think that was our point there. With that, I think we're through. So I'll, I'll try my hand with a recap. What we said was client cases are super important. You should change the mindset, not your own, but that of the firm. Make it clear that besides sourcing new leads for business, besides sourcing new applicants for hiring, we also need to source opportunities for those cases. So change the game there a little bit, change the mindset, build a strategy, right? What type of cases do we want? Make sure the stakeholder management is lined up. So who is responsible for working the strategy, for executing the strategy? Who's on point? Who do they collaborate with marketing? And then it's on you to design some sort of process, how that might happen. And to, I think that's a key point, can't stress this enough, to, to execute this process with discipline and continuity, right? These are activities that have to be always ongoing. And then that's when you get a number of cases together pushing hard for them in November because you feel like you hadn't didn't have enough of them for this year, it's not going to help you. Every month is how this game is played. And then finally, we said execution. I'll, I'll try to summarize. Employ some storytelling craft, right, Ash? Yeah. Make sure, sure. it's reader-friendly. It, it tells a compelling and complete story with full context. 
Uh, yes. But also make sure, of course, that it, it links back to your overall messaging strategy, because like you said, all reader friendliness aside, this is about making your firm yeah. shine and you have to make sure that, that happens. Yeah, this is where you build the strength of your brand. And that's also yeah. the reason why you need to talk about it as one holistic story, because your brand offers all these services and offers everything. It's not a, it's not a, I just have an arm or I have a leg. It's about you having a full body. Yeah. And with that, I think you'll have an easier job marketing the firm, marketing its services and, and pushing towards the 70% of all clients are super referenceable, which is yeah. the benchmark Luke gave us in case you're not there yet. <laughs> I think, I think that was it, right? Do we have anything else? No, 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 that's, that's basically it for this episode. I would just tell everyone, thanks for listening and any last words for this time flow. That's it. I'm going to, I'm going to stop the recording right here. And I wish you a happy Friday. Have a good one. I'll have one since the construction has ceased and it's all <laughs> quiet and peaceful. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks, man. Speak soon. See ya. Thanks for listening to Unbillable Hours. If you want more, tune in next week. You know where to find us. 